All right, well, let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter number one. It's funny, I was, you know, Pastor Hanks comes by and he's like, do you need anything? I said, no, and I'm deep down thinking, yeah, a heater, because I am freezing. <laughs> but Romans chapter one, so this morning, you know, we're, we're in this Faith Promise Missions Conference, and so this morning I want to talk to you about something, uh, faith. I want to talk to you about faith. Uh, so every one of these missionaries, we all have a prayer card. And every one of us tell you the same thing. You know, he, and, and the pastor who spoke last night, he, he said it, and it, it's really true. We all tell, well, if you can't support us, at least please pray for us. Well, I want to tell you how important that really is. And so to do that, we're going to look at a letter that Paul wrote. Okay, so Romans chapter number one, we'll start reading in verse number one, and then we're going to skip down to uh, verse number seven. Let's stand for God's uh, reading of God's word. Do I move this out of my way here? I feel like it's going to poke me in the face. <laughs> okay. Romans chapter 1, uh, so you understand who, who, who wrote the, the, the letter here. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. So we know that Paul wrote uh, the book of Romans. I want us to go down to verse number 7. Okay, we're going to actually start reading in verse number 7. It says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be the saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you, for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God, is, uh, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by it means now at length I might have a uh, prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to end ye may be established. Now I want you to see verse number 12. It says, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I want you to see that, that how important that really is. So Paul, he's traveling one you know, great missionary, great example that we have. He says that he is comforted together with this faith. Not just his faith, but the faith of those that are, he is writing to, to the church there in Rome. This mutual faith. Why is that important? What gives us comfort when we're back in the jungle or where when they go to Panama or New Zealand or uh, to Thailand is that there are people here that are praying for us. But not just praying to pray. Praying with faith. And we'll talk about that. Lord, we love you so much and just thank you for your goodness to us. I pray that you just protect us, guide us. I pray that you would just open our hearts and our minds to your word, Lord. We love you, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Huh. So there's a couple key things here I'm going to point out, and then we'll get into the meat of all of this. So huh. Paul says in verse number 8, your faith is spoken of. All right, so huh, if you were to come to my church there in the Amazon, if you were to go to any of the churches that we started in the Amazon, all of them 
know of the churches here that support us. And if you were to go to my church every Wednesday night, we pray for Heritage Baptist Church. We pray for every single one of the churches that support our ministry down there by name. Now, they can't pronounce half the names, uh, but they, they still pray for every one of the churches. It, it's, it's on our list. Why? Because if you're going to do your part and you're going to pray for us, I need to do my part and pray for y'all. It's a mutual faith. So it's spoken of everywhere. So Paul speaks of this everywhere he went. The other thing, the next thing I want you to see is in verse number 12, or verse number 9. It says, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. So he doesn't just speak of you or speak of this church. He, he, he prays for you. you know, I don't just speak of my churches. I, our church prays for you. I pray for you. My kids pray for you. It, it's funny when, huh, so Jonathan was our, you know, was born on deputation, so he traveled, and, but he was little when we got to the field, so he doesn't really remember everything. But he knows names. And so we'll pull up into a place, and I'm like, this is Heritage Baptist Church, and little John will be like, they, they supported us since this time. And then he'll know certain things and just different things that we've, huh, I keep a journal everywhere we go. And so everything that we did on deputation or on furlough or uh, big things the church did for us or things that I know are going on, I keep a journal so that they kind of have an idea and I kind of have an idea of what's going on. Uh, and so he remembers me talking about the steeple on this church. And he's like, this is where you climbed up the roof and you were going to fall off. And I didn't almost fall off the roof. We just climbed up the roof to put the steeple on. Yeah, but it's really high. Like that, 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 was, that was his concept. That's what he remembered as a, as a little kid. And so now in verse number 12, this is, what, this is where we want to get to. So I may be comforted, Paul being comforted by this what? Mutual faith, both of you and me. So here's what I want you to understand. Your faith is important. How much you pray and trust in God is important. Now, here's the problem with the word faith. And every preacher in here is like, what is he about to say? The word faith means very little nowadays. It doesn't mean what it should anymore. It's been used and thrown around so much, we forgot how important it really is. So we'll take a test, okay? Those of you who are young will not understand the test, but those of you who are a little older will totally get it. If you own a vehicle, okay, tomorrow morning you get up, you get in your vehicle, and you drive down the road, and you get a flat, Okay, so what is the first thing you say or the first thing you think? Now, you're in church, so let's be honest. First thing we think and say is, Lord, why is this happening to me? <laughs> Let, let's just be real honest. That's the first thing. we're. I'm late or I'm this, I'm that. Why is this happening to me? Now, depending on how old you are, the next thing you do is look for an app that tells you how to change your tire. Uh, or to see if your tire changes automatically. If you are a certain age, you know how to change a tire, but below that age, you have no idea. Uh, I did not know how true that was until a missionary on deputation recently called me. And he's like, where are you? And I happened to be an hour and a half from him. He goes, I got a flat. Okay. He's like, I have no idea what to do now. I'll, I'll be right there. <laughs> he didn't even know he had a spare. He didn't know the cars came with spares. I was like, wow. Apparently, we need to add one more class to, to the Bible college curriculum here. <laughs> this is where the spare is located. 
But here's the thing. You do all of these things, okay? So eventually you, you go down or you get to a point where you make a phone call and you do all of these things to finally get this problem resolved, right? That, 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 that kind of sums it up. But here's the reality. What does the Bible say? And no, the Bible does not tell you where your spare is. But here's what the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Here's what I've learned the hard way, truthfully, the hard way is that so many times we think we can solve our own problems. But it's because our faith is weak. When's the, ne the next time you get a flat, before you say or think anything, thank God for it. You have no, reason, you have no idea why you just got it. You have no idea why something bad just happened. It could have been to protect you. It could have been to prepare you. But here's the thing. So if you said, I would look for an app or I would call somebody or I would do some of that, huh, that tells you where your faith is. Your faith in God is not number one. It's two or three down the list. Because when we trust God completely, he's the first one we look to. He's not the second or the third or the fourth. Now, as, as a man, I'm going to be honest with you, I love control. Okay, all, all, all men love control. We, we don't like feeling that we're not in control of the situation. It, it's natural. So in the jungle, guess what? You're not in control. <laughs> and so I have been in places and I've had times and huh, people can tell you things. And uh, I was just in Virginia with a, with a church and they happened to take a missions trip with me. And we were way up in the jungle and our motor literally started to smoke. And it stopped working and the pistons blew and we had one paddle. And it's about 10 o'clock at night, so it's pitch black. And when it gets dark in the jungle, it gets dark in the jungle. And I remember they were like, what are we going to do? I'm like, all we can do is pray and float. There's not, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you, nothing you can do. You, there's no stop at the pit stop and make a phone call. And so we had this one paddle, and we're just keeping the boat so we're not hitting the shore, and we're kind of trickling along. And I said, you know, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray for a second paddle. And they're like, we're in the jungle. I said, I know, but we're going to pray for a second paddle. Now, I want you to understand. So we all, we all started to pray. And as soon as we said amen, all of a sudden we hear a, on the side of the boat. A paddle that was floating down the river hit the side of the boat. Now, I've been in the jungle a long time. That doesn't happen. Okay. I've, since then and before then, I've never seen a paddle just floating in the river. God brought the paddle. And it's something simple and we think, well, it's just a paddle. Well, when you're in the middle of the jungle, it's 10 o'clock at night and you, your motor is not working, that paddle is a lifesaver because it doubles the time how fast you can get to where you need to get to. These things are important. But, and so what we're going to do is we're going to go to the book of Mark and we're going to walk through several different accounts of faith in the book of Mark. So turn over to Mark chapter 2 and we'll start there. I had all of these things marked, and then I went to class with the college students and took all my markers out. So Mark chapter 2, so you, so you understand what's going on here. You have the four men that are bringing the sick of the palsy to Jesus, okay? So they've now inf they're facing all of these problems, okay? They couldn't get in. They had to get on the roof. They had to break the roof. They had to carry him down. All of these things. But I want you to see something. The Bible says in verse number 5, 2, 5, it says... When Jesus saw their faith, 
the faith of the four who brought the one. The faith of those who are praying for the one that is working, for the one who needs it. They're praying. Jesus blessed the sick of the palsy because of those four, not because of the sick of the palsy, but the four who brought him, their faith. And he said, well, my faith is weak. It never once in this passage mentions if one of them had stronger faith than the other. It just talks about their faith. And it's important because the Bible talks about childlike faith. So where's Aaron? Where's my buddy here? So Aaron right here, he's like, now he's pointing at me. <laughs> if Aaron's praying, his faith is just like Brother Price's faith praying or Brother Hank's praying. You say, well, he's a child. He is a child. But God doesn't see it that way. God sees faith. He doesn't see their level of faith. Maybe one of those four was somebody who'd been in the ministry a long time, who had seen everything that Jesus had done. Maybe one of them was a new convert. Maybe one of them was a little backslidden, but knew that Jesus was the solution. Maybe, you know, we don't know the situation, but we saw all four of them. Their faith as a whole. So now let's go over to Mark chapter number four. And so in my Bible, I wrote sailing by faith. That's what I call the sailing by faith 101. And I did not understand this passage until I moved to the jungle. You know, I, I thought I understood, oh, it's a boat, there's a storm, there's this and that. Oh, no, so you have to understand, little boats filling with water, big boats filling with water, this is a big deal. Okay, I've been in the situation where all of a sudden the boat breaks and the hull of the boat breaks and the ribs crack and the boat's starting to squeeze in because the waves are so strong and the wind starts coming in and yeah, I've been there. And yes, I screamed like a little girl. I'm not going to lie to you. It, first time it happens to you and you see the rib come out, you're like, ah, ah. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you that my faith was really strong at that moment. No, I was terrified. You know, the only thing that made me strong was my son was sitting there, and I'm like, i got to be strong for him. We will be okay. Yeah, I wasn't thinking we were going to be okay. But here's what I want you to see. So these are the disciples. These are men that walked with Jesus. But yet they passed through a storm and their faith was weak. So much so that, you know, they say, well, master, cares not that we perish. Jesus had a plan and it was not to die in a boat. That, that, that was not his plan. And the disciples knew what his plan was and knew how it had to end. But yet they were still terrified. It says here in verse number Number 40, it says, and he said unto them, Jesus speaking unto them, saying, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Remember, the whole idea of this is talking about mutual faith. So your faith has to be strong. My faith has to be strong. And I'm, I'm leading up to something here so that you can understand how important this is. Go over to Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5 and verse number 36. And I want you to understand, it doesn't matter who you are. We, we all go through these times of great faith and, and little faith, but we, we need to control our faith and we need to continue our faith. And this is why, in verse number 36. So in uh, chapter 5, verse 36, uh, so you understand what is going on. There's a leader of the synagogue that uh, has gotten Jesus' attention. 
and some things have happened between him getting his attention and to this verse. But in verse number 34, uh, 35, it says, While ye had spake, Jesus spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. This is a ruler of the synagogue. This is somebody who should have known better. Just like the disciples, he should have known better. But he got into that point where he was afraid. He got to that point where he had that flat tire, the, the inconvenience of it all. Your faith and your prayers are important. You say, well, preacher, you, you, you keep saying that. Here's where we're getting to. Mark chapter 11. And this is why your faith is very, very important. Mark chapter number 11, uh, so you understand, Jesus is walking with his disciples and he sees a fig tree, okay? And so he sees this fig tree and he, he goes over, it's not the time of the fig, so of course there are no figs on the, tr on the tree, he curses the tree, okay? So then he, he goes in, he's, he's coming out of the city, we'll pick up this, the story uh, in verse number 20, and it says, and when uh, even was come, he went out of the city and in the morning, they, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto the master, or saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Now, from 22 to the end of the chapter, if you have a Bible that gives you titles, will tell you that it's all about the power of prayer. Okay, that you can move mountains with the power of prayer. And all of these things are true, but I want you to see how he prefaces that passage. He prefaces, Jesus prefaces the whole thing with four words. And it says in verse number 22, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. You can pray all day long, but without faith, your prayers will do nothing. There are religious organizations that pray all day long and do nothing because they have no real faith. We have to have real faith. That real faith is what brings comfort when you're in Thailand and you think you're alone. You know, I, I hear the story of Brother Painter, and I've, I've heard it twice now, and I still, I'm like, wow. When, when he's climbing up into this huh, hut to go talk to this witch doctor, I guess is what you called him. And I think, wow. It's exciting and scary. Because I know where he's at, where the feelings he's feeling, and I'm like, and every single time he tells a story, and I hope I get to hear it one more time before I leave. But I can tell you that as many times as I've had to deal with something like that, or as many times as he'll have to deal with something like that, he doesn't want to deal with it without that comfort knowing that somebody else is praying. Because you know what? At that moment, maybe something bad happened. No, he talked about the road up there. I'm telling you that... Bad roads is a big deal. And you, you, you get jittery and then all of a sudden you, you get out of your car and you're still kind of like, I don't know, that was kind of tough. And you're supposed to be spiritual right now. Yeah, and you still have to go down and you're, and you're thinking about the trip back. You know, with the oar, I'm thinking, okay, we're only halfway there. 
we still have to go back the other way with these oars. Like, what are we going to do? You know, all of that is in your mind, and, but what comforts you is the fact that your faith is growing, but you have people that have mutual faith, and their faith is growing. Since our last furlough, I have now heard doctors tell me several times, your wife will not make it through the night. I've held my wife's arms and her hand as I see machines hooked up to her and I see the heartbeat machine just get softer and softer and softer. Or I, I, I've been there where when we have nothing in our cupboards and we can't get access to money. You think, well, you didn't get your support. Yeah, I got support, but guess what? The bank's run out of money and I didn't know that. And they don't give credit to the white guy. Yeah. <laughs> The white guy is the one who has the money, but they don't give credit to the white guy. And so I know how it is to literally see your cupboards completely empty and think, I have nothing to feed my kids tomorrow. And to sit there and pray all night and know that there are other people who are praying for you. My wife is in the process of writing a book and she's almost done with it. It, it, it accounts this story, but we literally had run out of everything, had nothing. The money in the bank couldn't get to it. Where we live, nobody takes credit card, nobody takes debit card. You have, it's a cash-only society. No cash, no nothing. I couldn't even barter. I was like, I'll give you power tools. You know, I got this DeWalt drill. Nothing. You know, and, and to pray and watch this man, we've never even met, come knock at our door and like, preacher, God woke me up this morning and told me to bring you a stock of bananas. I've never hugged a stock of bananas before, but I did that day. We had boiled bananas. We had fried bananas. We had bananas normal, but any way you could fix a banana, we had it. I love bananas. <laughs> Till this day, I love bananas. It's this mutual faith. Your prayers and your faith in God are important to us. It's what keeps us doing what we do. Samuel, he'd never show you, but if you were to look at one of his legs, he has a hole in one of his legs. It's starting to come over now. He was bit by something in the jungle. And literally the doctor said, tomorrow we're going to have to take his leg. If the medicine we don't give him tonight pulls the, uh, the entire infection out, tomorrow he's going to lose his leg. And I remember praying over my son, and we, we sent out an email, we sent out stuff, and we had people all over praying. And I remember literally grabbing my son and my wife's grabbing my son and we're forcing this medicine down and we're just praying as he does it. And all of a sudden, you know, the next morning we wake up and to not completely be disgusting, there was infection all over the bed. His leg had pretty much exploded all over the bed. We cleaned it up. I cleaned him up and I took him back to the doctor and the, the doctor had literally already called the surgeon. The surgeon in the surgical table was already ready for us to walk in and take his leg. And she examines the leg and calls a specialist and calls somebody else and calls somebody else. They're like, we cannot believe it. We have no idea. The infection is gone. Amen. Let's fast forward a year from that date. I received a letter in the mail that was mailed during that week. Yeah, it took a year to get to me in the jungle. It was a church in Jacksonville, Missouri. No, Jacksonville, Mississippi. Charity Baptist Church. 
And somehow, I don't know how they, they chose, but they chose to pray for us for 24 hours a day for seven days. And it happened to be the same week. Mutual faith. I have no doubt in my mind that if that church wasn't praying, it wouldn't have taken the time to pray and show their faith and strengthen their faith, my son would have lost his leg. So when a missionary says, please take one of our prayer cards and pray, he's not asking you to pray without faith. He's asking you to pray. Amen. With faith, having faith in God, you will see God's power. People ask, well, how do you do what you do? I have no idea. I just know that I follow God. I didn't take, I took one missions class in school. One. That's it. It was introduction to missions. You know what I remember from that one class? Don't drink the water. That is what I remember from that class. Now, I was a pastoral theology major, and I remember when I graduated, like all the other guys were missions majors, I was like the only one. I'm just like, okay, I'm here. And most of the guys that took missions major, they're all pastoring. <laughs> Go figure. The guy who should be, you know, planned on pastoring, he's not pastoring. But I can tell you this, something I've had to learn the hard way. Because I'm a control freak. Just like most men in this room, you like to be in control of every situation. It's God who has the strength. It's God who keeps us. And it's God who leads us. We do what we do. The painters do what they do. And I'm not even going to try to say y'all's name. The gentleman who's going to Panama and the gentleman who's going to New Zealand. My kids were telling me, Dad, it's like this. I'm like, no, it's like this. And they're like, no, it's like this. So I, I don't even want to try. Well, <laughs> they'll do what they do if we can comfort them with mutual faith. Go back to Romans chapter 1 and I'll finish with this. Verse number 12, again, it says, That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And then you keep going to verse number 15, and it says, So as much as is in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you and that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of, the, of Christ, the gospel of Christ. For this is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Your faith will be tried so that you can grow to faith. Remember when I said you thank God for that flat tower? From faith to faith. We grow in grace, we grow in faith. And at the moment you need it, God shows it. And God gives it. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We have now moved into a society that the just live by credit card. The just live by everything but faith. I think COVID did one good thing other than stock everybody up in America with toilet paper. Uh, another good thing. It made us realize how little faith we really have. 
in God. It shook the world. How many of us at one time or another before COVID said, I wish I had more time to read or study my Bible or pray or walk with God? God shut down the world. What did you do with the time he gave you? From faith to faith. Here's the reality. If Christians around the world would have woken up and seized this opportunity, I think a revival would have broken out around the world. But what we did find is where our faith really was. We got to the point, I got to the point, we trusted in other things and not in God. When you take a prayer card, pray knowing that your faith is important. Your prayer might, might not save a kid's life. Your prayer might be bringing bananas to a missionary's door. Your prayer might be saving a missionary's wife. Don't take a card and think, oh, I'll just go through the motion of it. We need your faith. That's what comforts us. And that's what should bring comfort to you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much.